0: Greetings, race walking fans, and welcome to part two of my Wednesday edition of the Big Deep Podcast. Before I bring in the night's special guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page, where you can see all my latest and greatest content. Got more coming not just here, but hopefully in the next few days. So I hope to bring that your way, and. Uh, if you remember a few weeks ago, where I've well, I interviewed race America's race walking couple, Robin Stevens and Nick Christie on route to the uh, Tokyo Olympics. Well, they just got back from competing at the twenty uh, k race walking at the Tokyo Olympics. Even though the uh, Olympics took place in Tokyo, the both race both. 20k 50k race walking and the marathon took place 500 miles north in Sepul. and uh believe it or not <laughs> the weather didn't change all that much so joining us this evening nick and robin guys <laughs> how's your sleep schedule
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit rough but <laughs> i think that's as much our fault as it is the time change <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i think the i think I'm the
2: i bit be like
0: I think the adrenaline has has kept going for the last week, right?
1: Yeah, and we we really have nowhere to put it because we're on our our forced, you know, like two week break or so um, before we're even doing anything.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm usually pretty good about it, but um, right <laughs> after my race, and we flew, we had to fly out early the next morning to back to Tokyo from Sapporo. And, um, normally like, I think a lot of people experience this like right after their race, it's kind of hard to sleep. So, um, I only got like maybe three and a half hours of sleep that night just because of the adrenaline from racing earlier in the day. And then we had to get to the airport. And then as soon as we got back to the village, we had to pick up our, our closing and opening ceremony, um, outfits and, um, make sure those fit and, and then pack. The, you know between the three of us that's six bags like three different you know, Make sure we had like all the bags that we had so because the next morning and then get ready for closing ceremony because the next morning we were gonna have to fly out super early to get up to get to our airport to get home so it's like so it's like it was just like zero to three hours of sleep <laughs> three like... nights in a row and then the we were in the back of the plane so that it was just like we didn't really sleep very well or i did he slept pretty good i didn't sleep at all for the ten-hour plane ride, so it's kind of just messed up my internal clock a bit.
0: I'm just, I'm just saying, airplane, I'm just saying, I've been on a few airplanes where you try and sleep and you can, and sleeping in coach might be one way of passing the time, right?
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I usually just use, um, I catch up on all the movies I miss out, you know, on, and don't have time to watch when we're in our training mode. So, I, I uh, four movies got me through that flight. <laughs> Yeah, I I kind of
1: like, I had pretty poor quality sleep on the plane, but, you know, the flight felt really short, but the, uh, I felt really bad for the marathoners because, because <coughs> like Abdi and, and Galen, you know, they were, the, the, I think they left the, uh, day, the day of their race they had to leave.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Place. Or maybe after they,
2: waking up
1: at like yeah 3 a, after waking 3 a. Up,
0: 3 a. yeah so they
1: moved the marathon I think I don't know if they moved the men's marathon an hour no early.
0: no the men's marathon was at a uh, six p.m. here seven a.m. in Seppul okay yeah, yeah really so
1: so, so the women they moved the marathon an hour earlier so then they they did that like a few hours after the women's twenty k race <laughs> and they're like oh yeah we're gonna move the women's race an hour earlier so then. All the staff there man, they were they, they had to be so tired for the women's marathon because our guys were like they were get, they were exhausted and then you had to the, the schedule required them to be up by like 3 a.m as it was to like get to the course and everything. So then they had to get up like another 30 minutes earlier so it was like 2:30 a.m just like to get the logistics and start setting up all the you know bottles on the course and like set everyone up. You know, and like make sure that like Molly and, and Alphine and um and Sally just had the the ability to like perform well because like if you if you didn't have like your aid people like like on point, you know, like it was it was gonna be a severe disadvantage and our staff did an amazing job at like you
2: know not really nailing Yeah, the aid. just
1: nailing the aid. I and I'm not sure how the marathoners felt, but like they did a great job for us, and it was it was probably the best we've we've had, you know. Like that, that isn't, you know, someone who personally does it for us regularly, but like for a U.S. team, it was like it was it was it was so it was very good. The staff was amazing.
0: Yeah, not just for your race, but I think all the staffers did an amazing job with little to no sleep, with everybody needing those fluids because if you didn't get your bottle you were not you were not finishing well oh, if yeah. finishing, if it yeah.
2: our, our staff actually felt bad because we are we, our, our um you know our aids table is right next to the ukrainians was it ukrainian or Uba? which one was, it, was it? Ukraine. it yeah and she felt so bad for uh for their their staff because they kept missing their drinks so, so they would see the girls faces as they would go by like you know after me and they would just be just devastated because they would reach for their drink and then their staff member they would say would like kind of pull their hand back so then they couldn't reach it (laughs) so then they were missing their drinks every lap
1: that was in the race walk
2: that was in the women's race walk. that's
1: amazing because at the world team champs the ukrainian team always has the best aid where they're like throwing six bottles at someone across the course and then like like uh it's just so fluid so i i can't believe that ukraine was so bad in that race yeah i guess well, maybe that, that they, was, yeah. maybe they don't practice with the women
0: hey <laughs> okay, so so coming in the race obviously you knew he he knew humidity would be a factor in support uh how did you adjust yourself to the demands of japan
1: well so i raced first so that that was that was good Um, uh, so, you know, we, we had been training up in Sacramento, like out in Vacaville, like, uh, where it was 110 degrees. So maybe there wasn't humidity, but like the, you know, the real feel and like, like, uh, just that, that general feeling of the temperature was very similar. So like that, that definitely helped going in. And then, um, you know, fortunately I raced earlier. So then we were kind of able to look at like a lot of the times and be like, uh, well, the, the men who, you know, race typically well in the heat, they were this many minutes off of their PBs. you know, like around four minutes was like a pretty general mark to like look for. And then it was like, you know, if you were having a bad day, it just got worse and worse and worse. But like, if you could keep in that four minute mark, you know, then you're, you're going to be pretty solid. And, and like we told Robin that, and then she, she was able to kind of, she could talk about her yeah. race plan.
2: I basically just, I, I, he was our, you know, he basically came back and um, we looked at all the men's times and uh, noticed how significantly slower they, they are off for like what they would normally would do. And um, so then we just calculated out that uh, I'll just start off more conservatively than I had originally planned. Like I had planned to start off the race conservatively anyway. Um, but I, I decided based off of looking at what, how the men did to start off ultra conservatively, like just literally at the back (laughs) and then just work my way up. And, and I, you know, I just took the, I just took four minutes off of my 133 PB and, and started from there, Um, started at that, like four minutes off and started at that pace. So that helped. Um, I actually thought it felt way better there than in Sacramento. Um, I thought it was way hotter um, training in Sacramento. Um, but the humidity was the trick like that. Um, I hadn't normally had too fast of races in a lot of humidity, except for in Lazaro. I had a really great race in 2019 where I took six. And, um, so I was kind of hoping for a faster, slow time. I would have liked to be mm-hmm. in the one, the one thirty six ballpark, but, um, at the slowest, but uh, that wasn't really my goal. Um, my entire goal was just to stay, uh, keep my body temperature under control, and, and not die. You know, <laughs> like make sure I keep my, my, um, you know, like my health intact. And um, I felt really good because the aid, uh, what they did, so like what Nick was doing in his races, he found that the we had bought the uh, like t- tons of um, neck like neck rags. And normally we've only used like one or two in a race or something when we do the 50k. Um, but we bought one for that we could switch out for every lap or every other lap. And our team, our, our USA management squad, were so on like point with that. Like Kim would hand me the the neck with the ice the neck rag with the ice, and um, Clifton would at you know hand me my electrolyte. I used Pedialyte, which which is what I used in um at the olympic trials and i figured okay that's perfect because if you use pd light plus that's what people use for like if they get you know sick or anything like that to replace and balance their electrolytes so um i figured okay that's going to ease my mind because i know it's going to be balancing what i need and so it's like every lap i had a sip of that you know a little bit of that i grabbed the eye like we're like there's like three different hand you know like you're grabbing everything and the system just worked out perfectly to where um, I didn't feel miserable from the heat um, whatsoever um, the entire race. Like, I just felt uh, totally comfortable um, because I felt like we prepared correctly for it um, and that the team, the staff, because I was really nervous going into the race about um, how it was going to affect me physically later um, after the race. So, um, you know, having Nick, you know, Nick going first and then, uh, real seeing how well the, the neck, the neck things worked and doing it every lap. Cause I normally in a normal race, we're not going to swing out that much because it's going to slow, you know, take some seconds off our time that could add like a minute or two. If you're, if you're swinging out every lap. Um, and I was taking, Aid every lap as well as at the general aid. Um, general aid, I would use the water, pour it on me, pour it on the you know the spots that are key areas for keeping the body cool. And I felt like that worked really well because um, it basically felt like way better than any training that we did in Sacramento, as far as temperature goes. Because of that, because of the the cooling method, and then using the ice vest beforehand. And yeah,
1: we had like the best ice vests. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was. Uh... <laughs> you know, so they, they had a good system, too, there, where, like, they they were, able, you were able to stay pretty cool going into the race, which uh, I think hurt some athletes in that the race. It, because, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think some of them, they got too cold, and then, like, once they took it away.
2: Oh, they, yeah, yeah, I they, think that's what happened with Percy. Yeah,
1: so, like, there, there were some people, I think, where that was almost a detriment, but then other people, I think, timed it really well, and that was something we got to, kind of, run through, like, each day where it's like, oh, yeah, you can actually wear your vest for another 20 minutes because they're not going to take it away or, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but we had, yeah, our staff was great. And then, you know, they, you know, they had like tons of extra ice vest bladders. We were able to switch those out. And uh,
2: well, yeah, we were practicing with that in the, in the training leading up. Yeah. You know,
0: so just overall a solid.
2: Yeah. Little details really help. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah
0: yeah a couple of things when I watched both races one I knew whoever took the who whoever tried to push the pace early in the races would be uh put yeah. highly a <laughs> dead man walking or maybe a dead walker running be walking because uh that was not a good I don't know why anybody would push the pace early in that place in heat and humidity, but some people just wanted the lead. Yeah. You Uh know,
1: I I think the marathon was the best example of it. Like some people just have a time and they're going to be like, I'm going to do this time. And then they don't. And then it like, (laughs) you know, they, they, they don't think about anything else. And then it's just like, well, that's a bummer. And like the marathon, you had 30 DNFs. I think as a result of that, and then the women's had, I think it was like 10 or 15 DNFs. So like like the marathon was like the extreme example. The race walks, I think most more people finished than didn't, you know like like than we were expecting. We we're expecting a few more dropouts and some more DQs, but it was a fairly clean judging sheet for the most part. The the women's race got pretty hit hard by the judges. <laughs>
0: so I'm just saying. I'm just saying, and I think. I'm just seeing. uh, I remember a couple of red coats coming out, like literally right at the end of the race. And what, and I think it may have been in the, I'm trying to think the women's race. So like one of the, yeah, the contenders was ejected literally yeah, in the last need, couple a lot years. of drama. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: so Erica DeSena, who we, you know, we spend a fair amount of time training with this year. She, um, she was on two red cards going into that last lap, along with Sandra Arenas from Colombia, uh, who was also on two red cards. And then the girl behind him, Hong Lu, was also on two red cards going into that last lap. And then she was the,
2: the defending champ.
1: And then the world record holder, Sun uh, um, Yang, she was. Uh, she she had already been pitling, so she already lost two minutes and was like off the pack. And then uh, you know three of the four people in the top four had two red cards. And then we're looking at Erica and and like, I'm talking with one of the Australian coaches during the race. And he's like, Oh no, I hope they don't do what I think they're going to do. And uh, you know, they wanted those medals. And he said, you know, like, I'm not, the Australian coach was, I'm not going to complain because his athlete Jemima was um, she was sitting in like fifth place. I think at the time, I think she got passed and got sixth, but uh, at the very end, but like he's like, man, all three of these girls could end up like getting DQ'd this last bit or, you know, getting pit lined. And like I felt so bad because Erica moved from, you know, third place with the uh, chance at second to eleventh place after the two minute penalty. And it was like, you know, it was it was a bold move, but she wanted that she wanted that big medal, you know. Yes. And uh
2: She wanted the silver instead of the
0: bronze.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like it was uh it was tough. And then Sandra Arenas, I think she was Colombia's first um, first women's medal. Uh, one of their highest medals they've gotten in recent years and uh, just across events. And then it was a...
2: Uh, um, fun fact about her, she placed 32nd Yeah, she was 32nd in 2016.
1: <laughs> and then uh, f- oh, another fun fact about her at Pan Am Games in <laughs> 2019, Sandra Arenas he got second. Uh, it was so cold that morning, you know, it was, it was freezing as we were getting there, and then uh, you know it was raining. It was wet, and this girl kept on pulling down the window of the bus, and then another girl would shove it up, and she'd pull it down. I think she was literally trying to freeze out the competition. She was taking freeze the kicker to the next level, <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, like just employing some some intense tactics. You know, pre-race, but uh, uh, yeah, she she has a cool victory because, like, like Robin was saying, she had a, you know, she was like thirty thirty second, and she's, you know, been just killing it the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That so, might
0: be that might be good news for you, Robin, because you were thirty third, yeah. and Nick, you were fiftieth in your race.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> I'm just thinking thirty second in 2016 through what a silver and japan so that means you'll get it that means you'll get a silver in paris right (laughs) yeah (laughs) we can and so ultimately i think just i think just make making the olympic team and surviving the hardest race walking course i've ever seen in i don't know what we call what we call it in Olympiad. no, I mean, I don't know what we call what we call those conditions in support, yeah, they, Rill, grill they, gr- it might have been, grills could have gone on the road with how hot it was,
1: yeah, you know it, it was it was bad and good because I think like that weather opportunity, like you know for Robin, she was going in with like you know a pB that was like over fiftieth place, I think it was like fifty seventh or something, you know, like. Like, same thing for me. I was going in with the PB at like 58th or 59th position, like, of the 60. So, like, you know, the weather allowed, you know, a smarter athlete to maximize their position. And you saw that, like, with, you know, there was a girl, Kasia, um, from, uh, from Poland. And she, like, you know, she finished, I think it was 10th. 10th. And, uh, yeah. So she finished 10th and, and she was somebody not, not at all in that conversation, you know, but you know, she was very smart. And then same thing, like you saw, like David was this, he's, he's been immensely talented, like in the 50 K and uh, just an immensely talented athlete. He just hasn't been focused as much. And then, uh, you know, he like, you know, he's been really focused this last year. And then he, uh, um, they had a great cooling plan. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the satchel that they were that they were wearing every lap, so they were. Um, uh, it, was, it was such it was, it was such a good, uh, um, such such a good idea that I no one else thought of, but uh, <laughs> but yeah he, he was you know such a good athlete and then he um, uh, he was able to surprise a lot of people because of the heat you know because uh, you know three fifty suddenly became a a, a winning, winning a winning time. So it's like, if you were fit and you were smart, then you could, you could really place high. And like, you know, we have our friend Riddy and he finished, I think it was eighth, And uh, he had a PB in the race actually, because he was, you know, he was really fit and he was, you know, he just raced it smart enough to where like, he was able to to excel in his performance. So like, stuff like that was really motivating for such terrible weather, because like for Robin, you know, like that gave her the opportunity. I think she had another, you know, six places, maybe eight places, like, like pretty comfortably if, uh, you know, if, uh, she didn't have some issues at the, uh, <laughs> at the aid station one lap.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I got, I picked up a couple cards. I was, was
0: going to say, I remember you picking up a couple cards early and uh, early and I'm like, I didn't expect that.
2: Yeah. I mean, the good thing is that I knew exactly how I got it and when I got it. Um, and it was the aid station. Um, I, a girl had cut in front of me as I went to go grab and, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, as I was grabbing it and pouring it on me, um, the judge didn't like how, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't as perfect. Um, and so I tripped, I tripped a little. And so that's, (laughs) that's when I picked up the (laughs) knee one. And, and then uh, I think it was always at the aid station. So, um, or, you know, at one of the aid stations. So I think it was just like, because there was just so much traffic going in and then we're like, you know, at the, at the main aid station, we're, we're grabbing like the neck thing. So we're grabbing, we're grabbing the water with one hand and then or I was, I don't know how Nick was doing it, but I was grabbing the water with one hand or the the electrolyte. So he was holding out both and I'm, I'm deciding which one. And then, grabbing the other one the neck thing with the other hand but i'm trying to grab it with both because i don't want the ice to fall out so that i can throw it around my neck and then tuck it into the bra so like it's not covering up the the nike or the <laughs> the flag and then that's stuff you don't have to think about in a normal race but in this one it's like oh i can't cover anything up so i'm like you know like tucking it in and then while i'm holding the the electrolyte and then taking that and then the water and pouring it on my head. So it's like when you're doing that, yeah, it's like you're so focused on trying to get like I was more focused on trying to get just like the ice, the, ice, the neck rag like tucked in and then um, that it made sense to me. So it's like, oh, OK, I know how I got these. So because um, I could feel my technique the whole way and I felt solid and, and really comfortable. So but it was unfortunate because I didn't know I had them. I, I knew I got a yellow. But I thought, oh, it's a yellow card because um, obviously it wasn't intentional. Like I'm not, usually you get a card if like you take three steps to intentionally improve or like to help yourself improve your position. Um, Clearly I wasn't, you know, where i got those cards it wasn't in any manner to uh, improve my position so so i was just like oh, okay like but then i looked at like i didn't even notice until like maybe 10 or 12k and i was like oh i have two red cards and i i was walking on two red cards for a while without because i had gotten that first one early um and i knew exactly where so that it was just like oh okay well i feel comfortable i know how i got it you know i know where i got it but at the same time I felt like I could pick off another like yeah like what Nick was saying like another about six girls um and I was targeting that um but then when the front pack went by I started losing track of who who it was that I you know that was in the front pack and who it was that I was you know wheeling in um so I got a little discombobulated and then it took me about a lap and a half to kind of like recalibrate like re like oh, okay yeah okay this is who I'm targeting and then Um, I was just hoping I didn't lose anybody, like anybody that had already passed, like they didn't, you know, go back by. And I think there was only one person and that was uh, not Raquel, but uh, from Spain who had been pit laned. Um, And then I got her back, but then it was just like, I could have gone for that, that, that next pack, but it was just, I only had two laps to go. And so there was just too much of a risk to, um, you know, I had it in me, but it was just like, you know, I'm not, I already saw what happened with Erica De Sena and, you know, um the Chinese girl and um you know like when they were all going and Laura and Laura who I had passed back from Spain she
1: has has pretty solid technique and then yeah so she was all of a sudden it's like wait why is Robin passing her yeah and she's 129 girl yeah
2: and she (laughs) ended up coming in behind me but um so it's like when I'm going by her and um you know like I have a few few other girls that are usually sub 130 girls behind me It was just like you know what i'm not i'm not gonna risk it because you know you could get dq'd the last 100 meters without any cards so it's just like i'm just not gonna risk it you know i could have got that indian girl in front of me you know but it was just like nah just just, this is good right here
0: yeah (laughs) i was just saying yeah so one day that's
2: what makes it so different though from running because i don't even
1: know could you could you hear me yelling
2: yeah, I could hear everybody. Oh, okay. so,
1: Um,
2: I could hear everybody. I had a, I had a friend from Apple that I worked with in um, Silicon Valley that had moved to Sapporo seven years ago, and he had come out with his wife. I could hear him. I could hear, um, I could hear the staff. I could hear Nick. Uh, but yeah, I mean that, that's that's what I like about race walk though is because um, it's like both fascinating to me and frustrating because the difference between running and race walking is like you can give, you can give it your all out um in running. And you're not risking anything other than you're just going to be really exhausted at the end. But in race walk, it's, it's totally tactical too. Like you, you can't always like leave it on the track physically. You have to leave it on the track mentally instead, or like it just using that, like just. The well, yeah. Tactics. And
1: that was, that was Erica, you know, she was, she had a medal. She was going to medal
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, but she, she wanted that extra, she wanted that higher medal, yeah, she you know, the and then she, she left without a medal. And it was like uh
2: and in any other in any other discipline in track and field yeah. i feel like um that's not race walk when I mean, you give it your all out it, it it benefits you but um in race walk it's like a fine line
0: yeah like it, when i was in it college it can make the difference
2: between third place and 11th place you know? yeah
0: yeah well, third place third place and not completing Yeah, Yeah, or not competing at all, but
2: for Erica, it was 11th, you know.
0: Yeah, and
1: that's what my coach had told me when, when we were in college, because, uh, my, my teammate, Xavi and I, we were always neck and neck and, uh, uh, you know, she was like, hey, don't be an idiot and make sure you settle it before that last hundred, before that last lap, settle whoever's going to win that race and then, uh, if one of you gets DQ'd, I'm going to be so mad. So like we would, we would hit that point. We'd be racing to the last lap. We'd be racing to the lap before the lap because then it's like, well, whoever's in first, they get to take it unless like we're really slow because, uh, we just didn't want to ever risk getting that like disqualification, you know, in the last hundred. And, uh, you know, our first championship, that's what ended up happening. The guy, the guy ran, (laughs) literally ran like he picked up four red cards in one lap and then, uh, Uh, passed us the last 50 meters and then he got you know tossed at the end and then he picked up another couple red cards so he got like a red card from every judge the last lap and then you know we could have we could have hung with them but we're like you know what like we're gonna win right now so let's just let's just finish the order you know and then accept the result and yes that can be really difficult to do (laughs) like incredibly difficult to just accept that result and like like there was one day, you know, like, like I know we've all had it, and I know I've seen it with Robin, where like you, somebody's passed you or something. You're like, I could, like, if this was any other race, they would not be passing me right now. Mm-hmm. They would, I would be, I would be ahead of them. If I was I, running, I, right I, now, I would, I would not be, allow yeah. this to happen. Like my fitness would not allow this to happen. But you're like, hey, that's that's the rule. That that's that's the day. Oh, yeah. You know, like I. I didn't have good technique or I don't trust my technique this last bit. So it's like, I just can't, I can't do it. Or sometimes you feel it, you know, like, like, you know, when you're off the ground sometimes, and you're like, you know, this is, this is too on the edge. Like I got to make sure I finish. I can't, yeah,
2: I, gotta I can't it. do
1: this extra, play it myself. this extra uh-huh. thing.
0: Yeah. I would, I would think race walkers would know. Okay. I know something's a little funky here. I know. Okay. I can push the pace because my technique is on walk.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's, that's and such a and huge component. Like,
2: like, cause I felt pretty good, um, in Sapporo. So it's like, there's even those times where like, you can feel really solid and, and, you know, you could go faster feeling still solid, but because there's that risk, it's just not worth it. Well, and that, that's know?
1: the thing too. When, when you execute a race very well, which Robin executed a race, like incredibly, incredibly well, like you, you get to the finish line and you look like Palmasano, like, <laughs> Paul Masana like, like, put a clinic, like, the last couple laps on everybody, like, same with Stano, like, every time the Japanese were trying to, like, make a break, you know, like, they, they just could not contest Stano, and he, he, he covered every single, every single attempt, and uh, um, those guys get to the finish line, and they look like nothing happened, because they just, they executed the race well within their fitness, and they were ready to go, you know, so, like, Robin was clearly in amazing shape when she went in and she you know she put in a solid race plan that like just allowed her to cross the finish line you know unfortunately feeling like she had more to give but it's like maybe you know like it's hard to make that determination you know in any race marathon race walk 1500 whatever because like when you're in good shape and you execute like it doesn't feel like you, it doesn't feel like you, you did anything. Uh, like, it doesn't feel like you did anything. And you feel like you have so much more left. So.
0: Yeah. It's, I'm glad you mentioned Stan and Paul and Son because to me, it just seemed like both of them reached in a gear, like the second part of the race and nobody could match them. Like even the, even the Japanese walkers didn't have, didn't have anything the last few last Yeah, races. I
1: think it. If- you saw the 50k man, the, the Japanese walkers. I think had immense pressure on themselves.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, like
1: like uh, when you saw man. like uh, Kawano and like, like guys in the the 50k, they were they were seriously breaking down mentally. Like like one of the guys was slammed on the ground at one point because he just couldn't cover anymore and he was going backwards and and like uh you know they they were the favorites going in. They're in their home country and and one thing i've always heard with japan is the japanese race fast in japan you know that's that's like a rule it's not it's it's not an exception they just race fast in japan because in japan nothing is more important than winning in japan (laughs) so uh when they have their nationals you could have world champs the next week you know but nationals for japan would be more important than world championships so like uh you know, the just to make the Olympic team, you basically had to walk within 30 seconds of like the previous world record. You know, and and that still might not have been enough. So like, just for the Japanese guys to be on that team, they had to, you know, they had to perform so well <laughs> just to just to get a nod on the team, better than anybody in the world, they, just to be on the team. It was the hardest. That was literally the hardest team to make in any event in track and field. But that's
0: like. The, would, that yeah. be, would that be like the U.S. hundred-meter
1: hurdle squad? I think it was harder. It, it would have been like the U.S. hundred-meter squad in like what, like 2012 or 2013, when you had like, or no, 2011, when you had Aries Merritt and all those guys running the world record every other meet. Like that—that's basically was the Japanese squad this year. Was was uh, the 20k team? You had to.
2: That's what's going on with the girls.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The women's the women's hurdles. Yeah. yeah the, women's th- hurdles. the women's hurdles definitely.
2: Sydney,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one ten hurdles because they're all they're always yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. It would be exactly like that. It was uh, uh, the men's twenty k race walk was just incredibly difficult for someone to get on the team, and then once they were on there, like the pressure was huge. So like the uh, defending world champion, uh, Yusuke Suzuki, uh, in the fifty k. He turned it down because he was like, I'm not fit enough. Like, I need to, like, I can't, I can't, I don't rightfully have this, this position.
2: Even though his not fit enough is still like world record. Yeah, (laughs)
1: his not fit enough should, would still be quite good, you know? Um, So -hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe he was injured or something, but he said I wasn't, he wasn't fit enough. So he turned down the spot. I don't know any other athlete from any other country that would turn down their spot because they weren't fit enough. I mean... (laughs) like like uh so the level of intensity that they had going into that race was just like something that's hard to comprehend for i think anybody and and uh you know it it was like they still got silver and bronze you know like it wasn't like they they didn't produce but stano like he just he got pit-laned in doha so you know he was up in that lead pack you know and then he he fell way off in um in the doha 20k so like uh uh, he he just had a much cleaner race, and then he was able to hold on. And palmasano Masano has been just consistently like a European medalist, and then you know uh, top you know four through six finisher like consistently. So like she was just waiting for that that breakout race and
0: on you know, her birthday no less.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the Chinese to kind of kind of be a little off, you know, like like the world record holder getting getting pinged with a penalty zone. The defending champion getting two red cards. And then, um, where'd Ki yang finish? Was she like.
2: Uh, uh, she got. She was the one that um,
0: no, got pitted. No, she didn't um, get pitted. I mean, pitted. uh Q I E Q I E Y A N G uh G. Q I E.
1: Q I E Y N G. Uh, seventh. Seventh. Oh, okay, yeah. So she still finished. I mean, they went fourth and seventh. Or third and seventh, you know, like that was still a pretty good result, you know, all, all things considered. But you know, it it just opened up perfectly for the women. Like it was a solid race, and the the men's fifty k was just like something else. And yeah. Nev- devastating that that event's gone. <laughs>
0: yeah, last time last time the fifty k walk's going to be at the Olympics. Don't go it.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think it could come back. I mean, in seventy six the fifty k got taken out. And uh, I think maybe we end up with, like, a couple years where, like, we don't have a 50K, but, you know, we get a push to bring it back and in the future.
0: Might it be like like what golf, baseball, and softball have gone through where they, like, come back, leave, come back? Yeah, I,
1: I think so because, like, baseball won't be in Paris and softball won't be in Paris, but they'll almost undoubtedly be in. L A. Yeah, you know, if baseball, yeah,
0: if baseball and softball are on L A., there will be an investigation.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're on like an eight year Olympic cycle, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> so, like, I think they'll end up in that that uh, Los Angeles Olympics, and then, um, you know, it's it's interesting. It, it just kind of depends on where where the events go. And I think if like the thirty five k goes really well, then like. You know, there's there's a great opportunity. Like right now, No, it
2: is interesting that they're not having the 50k in France when the world record holder is French. In the 50k. Yeah.
1: Well, he's retired. So, oh. Yeah. And then they've got no one behind them. So. Yeah. So I mean, it's it it'll be interesting. But like right now, we get another. The women get another event. You know. Maybe maybe it cuts down the numbers a little bit because it's a mixed relay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the women get a new event. You know, we get a relay. So we'll, you know, maybe we'll get to like win a medal together. so so, uh, robin
0: Robin and nick you pass uh can i have can i have how do you pass a baton do you how do you pass a baton and race walk in without being dq'd you know i i don't know
1: we're gonna have to figure
2: that
0: out yeah i I don't know how they'll
1: do that but uh um we're not really sure how it's actually gonna work (laughs) so uh that That'll be interesting. I, think I mean, I guess sub- it's
2: like handing off the water.
1: Yeah, we're supposed to find out at some point, but <laughs> no no clue on, on what their system is going to be. I think well, they said like November, September, November sometime. They were going to have their meeting where they're going to discuss some of these details. <laughs> but
0: Yeah, hopefully discuss it before Eugene next year. Otherwise, we're all going to be befuddled. Um, yeah, well, Eugene, we're having a 35. Yeah. So... So we well, have uh,
2: 20 and a 35 for yeah men so
0: and women. so actually
1: they they set it up perfectly too so we can double again so
0: yeah um, I, think you, I think eugene will be a lot of people be doubling because i mean unless your name was johnny miller Weibo uh safana San tripling and uh, nobody nobody really could double or triple
1: well the this schedule just didn't allow it in tokyo like it was yeah. it was weird there there wasn't like it wasn't conducive and unless you were someone who was just in Stefan's shape, like it was, it was uh, not something that was like necessarily ideal to like try and try and pull off, but.
2: Well, like think about it. Like if we wanted to double on the 50 and the 20K, there it was It back was back-to-back days. Like, yeah. and,
1: and if the women had that option, like. It would have been
2: the same day. It would
1: have been the same day. So like yeah. it would have been, you couldn't have done it. So yeah.
2: next year it's actually
1: the, the 20 and the 35, I think are going to be a little bit more difficult to make. Just because uh, you're gonna have, um, you know, you're gonna have ten to fifteen people who are, who are gonna be doing both, and uh, um, that'll
0: definitely make things interesting and qualifying. <laughs> yeah. So, did you guys did you guys see any events? Because I know one event a lot of people watched, particularly not in Sepol was the women's marathon where uh, Molly Sido got a bronze medal, became the third. American woman to medal in the Olympic marathon Um,
2: we so I didn't get to see any live because I had to fly out the morning of the women's marathon um so I got to see it on the the tv but I didn't get to go because we had to fly out but uh Nick got to see me uh, because I was the day after so he was able to come out as a coat like with his coat like in a in the coaching box but yeah. um, because my coach was with the Fe- the Spanish Federation, so he was with you know he was at do- A- doing that. Station. So it actually worked worked out. But I wasn't able to watch any event live because um, we weren't allowed to be like I couldn't be on his course. It would because they only had two buses. Same thing with the marathons; you only had two buses to get there, and then once you're there, you're there all day. Like yeah, if I have to race the next day, then it would be bad be to be standing tired. in that sun.
1: Yeah, um, it, was, it was so hot there too.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: But like for the women's race, so had we, so we had been discussing this before the event because we, we actually didn't know our flight back. Mm-hmm. So, so like we were getting our flights. Yeah, we
2: wouldn't even know our flight to like the day before. We, we would know before.
1: it like, you know, nine hours before we were flying out basically. Like, like cause we were, getting, we were getting our flight information like that, you know, that evening before we were flying out that morning of. So we had an idea we were leaving the morning of the women's marathon, but we weren't sure. Uh, there he wasn't sure if it was going to be later or earlier so like they were most
2: likely earlier yeah
1: so they were looking actually at the potential of us doing the aid station for the marathon because we only had so many people and then that there was an amazing hassle uh just getting their personal coaches there yeah so like molly Seidel's coach and um and same with uh with uh (laughs) alfine and um and and reps coach and everybody like like uh they had They had incredible difficulty just getting there because um the requirements on like a personal coach versus like an Olympic accreditation and the personal coach's accreditation were like different, and they allowed different things so like you needed separate charter flights or you needed like you couldn't you couldn't ride on certain buses and like uh you know to keep the bubble intact so so um so it was like much more difficult for like certain groups to get in certain groups to not get in.
0: So, and, and it would have been harder for Allie because she's got that newborn, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so
1: she was actually saying once they got that sorted out, it was it was actually pretty easy for her and her husband to get there and, and with the baby. So, like, like because they had known all that, like, way ahead of time, they were able to kind of get that stuff more sorted out and, and get the right phone In calls advance, and stuff. Yeah. And And she said it was actually, like, it was actually a little bit easier than than maybe it was put out to be in the media. (laughs) Um, Still stressful, but like, uh,
2: but expected stress, but but
1: expected. But Mm. then like the personal coaches, they literally didn't know until they were flying out. If they were even going to be allowed to like get to Sephora. (laughs) So, so some of the people they were flying, you know, like, like I think Molly's coach and like all them, they were like the, the day before they're supposed to fly out, from you know to Japan from the US they're like hey should we even like get on our plane cuz like we don't know what the ticket deal is to get up to Sapporo or like stuff like that so it was uh you know our our Tyler Noble the the logistics like team manager on on the Sapporo Marathon Race Walk group was doing a phenomenal job <laughs> like trying to organize all this stuff like he was always I don't on think his he phone slept. yeah i don't know if he slept at all <laughs> especially like with the hours you had to do for the marathon and the, um, race walks and everything. So like he lucked out. We didn't have a 50 K guy cause, uh, cause then, you know, that gave him like one extra like day where he could sleep in or one day where he could sleep in, you know? So like it was, uh, yeah, just one day, one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was a mess. And he probably didn't cause he had to get all the stuff sorted out for the marathon coaches. Cause they, they got him like the night before, I think. So mm-hmm. it was a, it, it was a total mess, but, yeah, we would have um, – had we been there, we would have been working the eight tables because uh, we were short on people because each, each group only had – I think we had we had a decent-sized people, but we only had, like, what, 12 people there?
2: hmm Something uh, like that. Three, three six, nine.
0: Nine. Nine, because there's only – And I think, seven, I think the men's marathon – included eight athletes. No, eight. Eight
2: athletes. Six, seven, eight. Eight athletes. And, oh, yeah, af- eight athletes and three coaches, or – and then a uh,
0: so, medical yeah four
1: so we had 12 people total there
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then you know the people racing the next day can't do stuff so <laughs> it was a. yeah yeah it was a bit of a hassle
0: Yeah. i think it's a miracle that everyone that everyone just participated but completed that race in such abysmal weather i mean that was I mean I remember Doha a couple of years ago being hot but Sipol was hot and humid a lot like what we have here in Florida. Well yeah, so
1: Doha was also pretty humid um I guess like the the wet bulb was like like super high there and it was like over 40 Celsius so it was like 100 almost almost 100 degrees and then it was also humid and that was at like midnight or something so so, <laughs> so that that was should have been a good run through for most athletes and I think that's what most people did, especially in the walks. Like, a lot of the people took the heat very seriously, but in the marathons, you had like a lot more DNFs. So was, I was
2: amazed when I looked up the men. Yeah, the men's, how many I think DNFs the men's the marathon men's had
1: thirty DNFs. So
0: and that, and that was a and that was a legitimate. That's a field that would have done well potentially in like Boston, New York. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, like you put know, him in it. London or something. Like, like the attitude is just like very much, um, you know, we're talking with like Alphine and stuff and Sally and they're like, yeah, a lot of the, the East Africans will just kind of have their mind set on a pace. And then a lot of them will just kind of go at it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what happens a lot in the race walk too. And then like, and then you add the Olympic factor in there where like, you know, like, like I think Molly said, you know, she's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go for a medal, you know? So like,
2: she's like, um, why not? Yeah. So
1: it's like, (laughs) you know, you end up with like a lot of people with that mentality. And then, then, you know, the vast majority of them are going to like blow up, you know? So like that, that's what makes those like performances so incredible when, when they
0: don't. (laughs) So. Now, now I've got a funny, interesting question. I heard one of the, uh, for you, Robin, I heard one of the commentators say, you've got, uh, what is it? 53 wigs is
2: that uh, true? Yeah, yes, it's true. <laughs> I actually accumulated three more during quarantine um because of my sister. <laughs> so I need to update that.
0: But. Yeah. Okay, we'll get, uh... okay Strike that 56 wigs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, and it was really funny cuz I don't watch a lot of TV. Like the only time I watch is like around the Olympics and um, you know, like if, if Nick's watching something or family's watching something, I might tune in. So I hadn't seen um, Schitt's Creek, uh, but I was talking to Allie um, with Allie on the Run. And she was telling me because she had read about that. And she's like, have you seen Schitt's Creek? And I'm like, no, but I hear a lot of people talk about it. So she she highly advised me check it out before I left for Tokyo. And I checked it out. And it just is hilarious because because <laughs> the, the lady has all her wigs everywhere. And um, mine aren't like that. I keep them in their, pl- in the plastic, because uh, you know, you don't want the hair to to get ruined, so I keep them in there the cases that I buy them in, and then they're in my closet. Now, I mean, where I used to live in Mountain View, uh, I would always have them in my carrier so that anytime I had a, a pro like a project or productions, um, I just threw them in my car, and I always had whatever hairstyle I needed or color I needed. <laughs> so that's why I have them. But the way she has them in Schitt's Creek uh, on the walls is how my shoes were. I used to. Um, have I have a huge collection of like costume shoes or like not costume shoes because then people think of cosplay. Um, more of a, like hot couture, like, uh, like 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 that that like that kind of design. Like stuff. events, so like events. So mm-hmm. like, um, I would have my heels hanging from the top of uh, like how your medals are behind you but it would be shoes like hanging, like the heels hanging from it. And so this kind of reminded me of that. And then my, my wigs would be in these bat like Trader Joe bags in their plastic cases, like casings stacked up high, like nice, nicely, you know, I'd, I'd keep them like so that they don't get all knotted up and stuff because you have to do that. And, um, and then uh, anytime I had a, like I got called for a job because I would do like promotional modeling and work with um. The, the local radio stations there, uh, mix 106 and Live 105, and um, I worked for Velodyne for a little while um, doing events and so um, I was just basically on on call and so then if I didn't have time between my day job and you know later it was training and, in 2015, 16, um, I would just always have my bag ready of wigs <laughs> so that I had have my hair done. <laughs>
0: Hey, you know what you should have done for the race is put like an ice pack in each one of your wigs and change it every kilometer
2: that's smart thinking <laughs> like ah you know i should do that just for fun for one of the races just for you know just because everybody now knows about the wigs <laughs> just although, bring them off.
0: although now you would be it's sure it ruined.
2: although now <laughs> okay. you would okay. sure.
0: wild change hats so yeah. like you change wigs man they'd go crazy Although now you would be sure although now you would surely be disqualified. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: You know, I'll master it, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, like Evan, like, Evan Dumpy... They, like, might,
2: they might be cricket on me, but...
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like uh, Evan Dumpy, like, changed his stockings every pit stop. Like, you couldn't change wings every kilometer. Was
2: Evan really changing his socks?
0: No, stockings. He was? At least that's what I was seeing. Like, no, like they put like, no, like the Canadians wore like stockings with ice packs during the 50th. Oh,
2: right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I
0: mean like but At it, least
2: those don't have to be perfectly centered though, you know, like with the way you got to get the part just right or you look like a crazy woman.
0: Yeah, we'll swap hats. Yeah. I'm gonna put yeah, just have the ice pack in the hat next time.
2: But it that's fun though. Because I have a whole bunch of colors and I love colors. So like maybe like bright colors and stuff. So like maybe for one of the fun races. Yeah. You know, one that's not as important. You know, yeah. I I'll do that just for you, Dylan. <laughs> I'll do it just for you.
0: And then and then it's gonna and then it's gonna be your new uh, Twitter to go picture. <laughs> yeah. that will be the halloween fun run right right yeah so uh, i don't
2: know in october we have a pretty important well if we depending on when we do our they they still have to do the 35k nationals for the men we had ours earlier The, the women had ours earlier and then um we'll either we haven't decided if we're gonna do another 35k for the women just to um get a qualifying time for worlds or a 20k just to get some fast times because none of us have had an opportunity to have like a fast 20k yeah. this year so actually you know we'll the see. twenty that, was, that might be in october november the
1: 20 would actually be perfect
2: to do the wig thing
1: no the 20 would be perfect because your 20k pace would be our 35k
0: pace
2: yeah yeah why well, I, I assume that we should do it i mean I, I know maria would like a fast 20k as well like, anyway now now we're just talking shop. Yeah,
0: <laughs> So, thank, so congrats on uh, completing the uh, race walk and uh, support. And we wish you all the best—not just this year, but going forward—and uh, to see you guys uh, kicking some serious tail in the future.
2: Oh, thank, uh, thank you. you. <laughs>